Hi, my name is Dr. Juno Akbar, and I consider myself a facilitator for the kingdom of God and have an assignment here in the earth realm that involves prophetic counseling, coaching, deliverance. I have written volumes of books under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. As founder as PhD Mom Ministries and Transitional Home for Kingdom Living, I would like to empower women and men to reach their purpose here in the earth. The purpose that Christ have initially ordained before the foundation of the world. I would like to teach from this book to the leaders in the church that say that God has called them to do a great work. The writings in this book is about relationship and it's not just about a normal relationship. It's about a covenant relationship that can only be established between God and also man. Good evening, Kingdom Citizens. This is Dr. Juno Akbar. Back to your listening ears with the covenant. I'm here today to finish episode five. We're going to go more in depth with the covenant, with more understanding, with covenant understanding, covenant experience, covenant relationship. To all that feel that you've been called to be a leader in the church, in the earth, in business, success, whatever your calling might be, the covenant is what you want to hear today. According to Hebrews 9, 16 says, for where a covenant is, there must be a death of the one who made it. For a covenant is valid only when man, men are dead. But it's never enforced while the covenant, the one, while the covenant that was made, the person lives. These scripture verses leaves no room for misunderstanding, meaning the one who entered into the covenant entered into it only by death, meaning as long as a person remains alive, he or she is not in a covenant whatsoever. It is impossible to commit in covenant and remain alive. In fact, the death of the sacrificed animal is physical, but it symbolizes another form of death. So here, we're not talking about physical death. We're talking about experience and spiritual death. Getting the experience and even more than that, getting the understanding. Remember at Mount Sinai, when God came down to the people for the very first time, the Israelites became frightened because they said that they, they didn't want to die. But there was going to be a death, but not the death that they thought would be a physical death. It was only going to be a spiritual death, meaning dying to the things of old that kept them connected to sin. So the death of the sacrificed animal is the physical, but it symbolizes another form of death for the one who actually offers the sacrifice and passed through the pieces, meaning... The one who does this hereby renounces all rights from that moment to live for himself. You don't have to live for yourself after coming to the understanding of covenant manifestation. You live in God at that point, in the Lord Jesus Christ. You no longer have the rights from that moment to live for yourself. As each individual passed through the pieces of the sacrifice, he says, an effort to the other, if need be, 
I will die for you. That's what you're saying in our reality for God. You're not saying this for your brother, your homeboy, your sisters. You're telling God, if God, if need be, I will die for you. And what you're saying, you're not talking about death and carnality. You're talking about a spiritual death when you die to the things that infect your mentality and your soul with sin. You become deaf to the call of sin. You become protected from falling off the wayside and getting connected with things, people, and places that will cause you to sin. <clears throat> Meaning from now on, your interests take purchase over your own right. Meaning, if you have anything you need but cannot supply these needs, you telling your other individuals that I will supply you every need. Meaning, I no longer live for myself. I only live for you. And that's what we tell God when we come to the covenant understanding. We begin to go in a covenant experience. So we're telling God that we no longer live in ourselves and for ourselves. And we keep it in our minds Then we have an understanding of spiritual death. That we, that we are very much alive at that point until the transformation began and we become dead to ourselves and alive in God. In fact, in God's sight, this act of making a covenant is no empty ritual. It is a solemn and a secure commitment is all. In fact, if we trace through history, the courses of events that resulted from the Lord's covenant with Abram, we can clearly see that each party had to make good on the commitment that the covenant represented. Now, I'm talking some Old Testament type understanding concerning the sacrifice covenant that took place with God and a man, meaning Abram, for the very first time. And as we know, as studying, believing the scripture, the sacrifice that has been made now is the, was made in Calvary, Jesus on the cross. So, nevertheless, Jesus did go on the cross for the sacrifice of mankind for deliverance, salvation, prosperity, and the whole nine. But without the understanding of what it means, your sacrifice understanding, meaning to bring the sacrifice between you and the world and sin and God, you have to get an understanding. Because God said to Abram, now Abram, I want your son. It didn't stop right there. We can clearly see that each party had to make good on the commitment of the covenant representative. Some years later, as we read on, Abram had became Abraham. The sacrifice was not finished. When God said to him, Abram, I want your son. I want your one and only, meaning Abraham had one son. How many of us today will say that we would give up our only child for God? I mean, really. God said to him, the most precious thing you have is no longer yours. And what was that precious thing to Abraham? His son. Because you and I are in covenant, is what he said. He said to him, this is not your son. This is my son. Meaning, to his eternal credit, Abraham did not father. In other words, God said, I fathered my son. 
actually he he was willing to offer up Isaac. Abraham was willing and obedient when God asked for his son. In fact, only at that last moment did the Lord intervene directly from heaven and stop him from actually slaying his son. According to Genesis 22, Abraham was ready and willing to do what God asked. However, that is not the end of the story. God had also committed himself to Abraham. So what is that telling us? The covenant is not a one-sided thing. The same as Abraham had to commit, Abraham had to commit himself unto God, God also committed himself unto Abraham. So we need to think about it. If you're not if you're not willing or ready to sacrifice what it is that you holding on to, physically, you're not ready to make the major commitment concerning covenant. However, that is not the end. When Abraham decided that I'm going to give up my son. 2,000 years later, God in his turn fulfilled his part of the covenant with his only son. He asked Abram to give up, Abraham to give up his son, but indeed, he changed his mind and allowed Isaac to live. But nevertheless, when it was time for Jesus to go to the cross, God never changed his mind. He continued to allow his son to go to the cross for each of us so that he made the ultimate eternal exchange. Not your son for my son, but my son for your eternity. But this time, there was no lost minutes reprieved, meaning on the cross, Jesus lied down his life as a full price of redemption for Abraham and his descendants, me and you. But this act was the outcome of the commitment that God and Abraham made to each other on the fateful night over 2,000 years ago, earlier. Then they passed between these pieces of sacrifice. All that followed from then on in the course of history was determined by their covenant relationship, meaning the commitment that is made in covenant is a solemn and total irrevocable exchange. So my question to you today, with the knowledge and the understanding that you have got until now, will it be your order or will it be God's order? Meaning the covenant. There's different levels of covenant. Covenant that make people. In the Old Testament, we find that from the time God entered into a covenant with Abraham, his descendants through the line of Isaac and Jacob were set apart from all other members of the human race. And from that time forth, they were known as the seed of Abraham according to 2 Chronicles 27. However, the outworking of God's purpose required that the covenant be established a second time. Not with Abraham individually, 
but with all of his descendants collectively. This took place at Mount Sinai after the Exodus, thereafter. They were designated by a new title in the singular form, a people, according to Hebrews, meaning Am. This indicated that through entering into the covenant, they had become new, a new collective unit. Things happen in covenant. Things change, power come in, sacrifices are made for an eternal purpose. And what we can only get into this new level with an experience based on understanding. The process by which God entered into his covenant with Israel is described in Exodus 19. Here God has declared the purpose for which he was bringing Israel into covenant relationship with himself. See, God is not going to put you in a relationship with anything or anybody until you first come into a relationship with him by right of understanding and commitment. According to Exodus 9, 5, and 6, say, Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the people. For all the earth is mine, he said, and you shall be to me a kingdom, a priest, a holy nation. So what make us think through religiosity that holiness means walking around with your shirt buttoned up to your chin collar, opaque stockings covering your flesh, draped down to the rim of your shoes, that make you holy? No. Holiness meaning coming into a pure, true relationship with God by understanding, commitment, and experience has nothing to do with your physical image. Surely we can understand from then on Israel was set apart. Holiness set you apart. From what? The world, carnality, ignorance, religion, all the familiar things that kept your generation bound from one generation to another with ignorance, no understanding, and the lack of knowledge. So we can understand what sets us apart. God has a special people, not by intrinsic righteousness of our own, but by the covenant God made with us. This is important to see that our holiness was the outcome of the covenant. Your holiness is not your attire. Your holiness is by your actions of reprieve to understand and to live upright before God in covenant relationship, like I said, with commitment and understanding that precedes an experience. God did not enter into a covenant with Israel because they were holy. Rather, he made them holy by entering into a covenant with them. Again, I say, what make you, what make you holy? You say, your appearance, the way you look to other people, the way you act on the outer court. No. Holiness is that relationship coming into God. More than that, by allowing God to come into you. You can only be holy in God. Outside of God, there is no holiness. So, while reading 
Jeremiah 31 and 3, we saw the basis of this covenant. God assumed towards them the relationship and the responsibility of a husband. He gave them a unique relationship to God in the same way that marriage gives a woman a unique relationship to her husband. However, the only basis of which Israel had right to continue in this unique and special relationship with God was by remaining faithful to the covenant. How important is it for us to understand covenant relationship unto God? Or how is it more important for us to understand how dangerous it can become from breaking a covenant with God? So, if you are into any spiritual relationship outside of God by being deceived, thinking you are in a covenant with God because you learned a few Bible verses, that did not give you a covenant right relationship in God. That gave you a place of ignorance unto yourself to be deceived and deprived because you have not yet submitted yourself, committed yourself to covenant understanding by experience and honoring God with understanding of the knowledge on how it means to be in a relationship just like a woman. We as married women, and we don't have the tenacity to serve our husbands in honor outside of our flesh, we're not good wives. And like I say to a lot of them, until you have made love and became intimate into a person's spirit, you have never ever had an intimate relationship with your spouse whatsoever. Because we've been trained and taught the wrong perception of what it means to be intimate. And if we have not yet learned the, the understanding of being intimate with a physical individual, how be it that we say we are in covenant with God. However, the only basis in which Israel had right to continue was very unique. In fact, for this reason, God prefixed it the declaration of his purpose for them by the word, meaning you will indeed obey my voice. Indeed, take it to another level. In other words, you don't have no choice but to obey me because you have now become in covenant with me. So when we married our husbands, we came in covenant with them indeed to respect and to honor and to live upright with them and before them. He told them, indeed, obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among people, all the people. And a holy nation, meaning Israel, continuing unique relationship to God was therefore bound with their binding by the terms of the covenant. And today, we stop here because we've learned enough to digest and germinate what we have learned to study, to research, to read, to backtrack, to go back and really do it God's way this time. Not on your right, not on your understanding, not on your time, but on God's. Truly, allow the covenant to give you a new experience for eternity. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Until the next time. My name is Dr. Juno Akbar. I'm the publisher 
of the book, The Covenant, coming from the volume of books, A Silhouette of a Lost Generation. I would like to ask each of you to tune in once a week for the podcast, for the continuing teaching of The Covenant. If you're just excited about your leadership role to learn to be in a perfect covenant with God, tune in and get the information to be cultivated so you can be established in God as a faithful servant with knowledge and understanding on how it is to have a pure relationship with him. And if you really want to be a great leader, your relationship must be pure unto God, not your fellow man, not your peers, unto God. Have a great day, rest of your day. God bless you. We will meet again next week for our continuation of the covenant.